Live. Live from... This is the Just End the Suffering Podcast. For the win. Got it! He broke his head. Follow me. Follow me to freedom. Here's your host, Mike Phillips. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Just End the Suffering Podcast. Talking New York sports with a long-suffering fan. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. And the sports come later this week, actually. We're going to do some hockey pecan story later this week. We're doing NFL picks later in the week. But we're going to start off with the return of the Sky Guys. Nick pecan story is here today. Nick Friad is here today as well. We're going to catch you up on Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels. We did our rewatch. Some scheduling issues pushed back a bit. But we have covered it all. And we watched all of Star Wars Visions to boot. All that's coming up right after this. The Ghost Crew works with the Rebel Alliance. Old friends join the team. Ezra Bridger takes a dangerous step and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap Season 2 of Star Wars Rebels. All right, we are back here talking Star Wars Rebels Season 2 on the podcast. Joining me today, the Sky Guys are back. First up, we talked to him Oh, later this week on the podcast as well, talking some hockey. Pete Constantori is here. Pete, how are you? I I am doing fantastic as always. We're here to talk Star Wars. Like you said, later this week, we're talking hockey. Um, very pumped for this week. Very pumped for this show. I feel like I was, you know, Mike, I was talking to you off the air a little bit. I feel like it's been a while since we've done this. Yes. Uh, so I'm very excited to get back into the Star Wars talk. Yeah. So anyway, for the behind the scenes, we usually try to do once a month, but you know, life happened. We were trying to get Star Wars Visions in the mix here because it came out September 22nd. We said, okay, we'll try and watch this show. And then some stuff happened like on softball fields that was not, we're not going to get into here. It's not relevant to your entertainment experience, but we're going to try and get you season two, season three, pretty close back, back. Maybe one more surprise appearance in there somewhere as well. But also with us today, the. Ahsoka Tano to our Ezra Bridger and Kanan Jarris. Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? I'm doing all right. It depends on when this is being released. I'm assuming in the future. So yep. I'm doing okay. All things considered, the Yankees are on my nerves. But um, and then I guess I didn't really expect much better. So I can't be that mad. But we're here to talk Star Wars. And that makes me feel better. Absolutely. And. That's going to be some fun. We're going to start off here. We'll get through visions pretty quick because there's not a lot to not a lot of me on the bone here. I mean, Pete, I know you're not a huge anime guy. What do you think about the decision to do these nine anime shorts for the star Wars? Um, you know, I, I don't know if they're like grasping for straws or if they're saying, let's try to hit every single market we possibly can. It's probably the latter. I am not an anime guy. It's no insult to anyone that likes anime. I'll be honest. I saw this and I was like, this is not for me just by looking at the title cards and all that. Um, it, again, it's no knock at what star Wars or Disney has done with the franchise. And it's no knock at anyone that does like anime. I, it just doesn't, I don't know. I just think it's a reach. And I think that it's cool to have, especially for the anime fan, but for the, for the star Wars fan who is not, I just, I don't think I'll be able to get into it. Yeah, I mean, I checked them out. I did take the time to watch all nine, and there were some good. There were some not so good. I think they were done well. The voice acting talent is great. I mean, you see some of the names they got here. They got Brie Larson to do an episode. They got Neil Patrick Harris. They got some names. Tam Morrison did Boba Fett in one of these. All that is great. To me, I liked episode four. I liked episode five. The rest of them, 
take or leave. I think to me, it's fine. Nothing special. And if you love him, fantastic. But just not for me. I think the same way as Pete. Nick, how about you? I told you um, in the softball dugout before the incident that I thought it was great. It just wasn't for me at all. So I hated it. I thought it like, does that make sense? So like for someone who likes it, I'm sure they loved it and it was done really well. But personally, I hated it and I struggled to get through even one episode. Every single one of them to me, to me, was terrible. But to others, I'm sure they were fantastic. Yeah, it's the same kind of deal where, P, if you look at it, it's like, we could sit here and say, you know, these suck. But then somebody could go to us and say, like, how could you not like these? How do you like, like, season four of, of Star Wars Clone Wars? There's plenty of misses in that season. Well, of course. I mean, we, you know, we have that example just from our Star Wars rankings where, where four Star Wars fans had different opinions on where the movies ranked. And there might be a lot of people that go and say Star Wars sucks. All right. I mean, it, look, everyone's entitled to their opinion and they're entitled to what they like. Um, like Nick was saying, if you like anime, this is probably amazing for you. You know, you have a good crossover between anime and Star Wars for someone who's not in like that anime space that can't get into it or, you know, I've tried, I've tried reading um, the books that are like anime. I'm not sure what they're called. So I apologize for not knowing that. Um, I've tried manga. Bo- manga. Yes. That's it. Manga. So I've tried reading those. Um, I've tried watching anime series. It just nothing really drew me into actually continuing. And it's, it's not something that's going to draw me in to watch it. You know, if they would have made an anime series of something that would draw me in, like we're going to show you, Obi-Wan when he was uh, a young, a youngling or something, I'd be like, okay, you know, even though I don't like anime, let's see what that story's about. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go and let's see what's going on. But right now it's just like, okay, I'm sure there's some interesting storylines, but as there's nothing for me in my opinion. Yeah. I think we've done about, you say like, if you're an anime fan, go check it out. They've done very well. They are produced with high quality. They care a lot about these. They look very good visually. If you're not an anime fan, you can skip this. You will not miss much. That's my that's my takeaway on it. Yeah, see, I think there's a bigger issue, though, with this. Because not that they weren't done well. I think they were all that. But I think a lot of the interest that I didn't have, like Pete said, if had to do with Obi-Wan or whatever, I would have been interested. It kind of worries me if you go away from the Skywalker saga and the Skywalker family making Star Wars. Because I don't think people are really going to care that much. Well, it, it Mandal- Mandalorian is not real. Wasn't really tied to that at first. It became a huge hit. No, I mean it's, ex- it's extremely tied to it. It's about the fall of the Empire, the rebellion, like not the Skywalker family, but the entire saga. Like if you're yeah. going a completely different side of the universe where none of the stuff is canon to what the canon we know now is, no one's gonna care. It makes you worry, P. I guess about that. Wherever sh- I think the which show was it? it was the one about like the high Republic era where they were doing like some sort of like spy drama or something like that. Like that one, I wonder if they'll be able to land it then. Yeah. It worries me because like, look in Mandalorian, you still have the fall of the empire. You still have, you know, we know what a Mandalorian is in this. We, we know what time period it takes place at that point. So, you know, the empire is falling, the Republic's coming up and you see that in the first season and the second season is a different story, but you, know, you see that all the shows that we've watched, all the, you know, they all have something to do with the Skywalker saga. Like we're going to get into season two of Rebels and our favorite episode is probably all the same one. And why? Because it had to do with the other stuff we've seen already. So I don't think Star Wars fans are really ready for something completely new. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. We'll see where that goes. We'll table the vision stuff. Here. Let's get into season two of Rebels here. And Pete, I have to say, 
This is a very fun season. I enjoyed this a lot. I did as well. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, definitely entertaining. Um, I don't know if I would I would rank it as high as our highest Clone Wars seasons, but it was definitely fun. I definitely enjoyed it. It was an easy watch. You know, there was nothing in there that was really killing me. Um, there were obviously a couple parts that were like, okay, why are we going that route? But um, I, you know, I, I had fun with it. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not usually done early with, with seasons. So you may have to refresh my memory with a couple things, but, but I, I still, uh, I still enjoyed it very much. And I think it's a quality season. Yeah, for sure. And Nick, feel what Pete said here, I think the interesting thing he brought up is a sort of like, this was very easy to get through. It's not like in parts of Clone Wars where, there were just like these stretches of episodes where like, oh, I have to sit through droids again or I have to sit through younglings. Like apart from like a pothole or two here or there, like I felt like it was a much smoother where I call it. There were more higher highs in Clone Wars. I think there was just more consistency in Rebel season two. I mostly agree with what you just said. Um, but I think the main point here is that there's not arcs. There's just episodes. So like there's a, there's one or two that were in this season that were really rough, but it's only an episode. It's not a big deal. It's not a four episode stretch of R2 and 3PO, or, you know, where you only hear Anthony Daniels voice. There's only one episode you got to deal with. It's 20 minutes long and then you're done with it. And then you go right back to the cool stuff. Like if I can remember off the top of my head, I think it was episode 20 or 19, maybe that kind of sucked. It was like chopper with a droid and the leg or something like, yes. all right, but it's only 20 minutes and it's over. It's not a four, you know, an hour and a half long thing. Yeah, because Pete, if we did that in Clone Wars, we would have had Chopper steals a leg for an episode, Chopper invades the ship for an episode, then Chopper makes a friend for an episode, and then we would have had the whole thing like be the fourth episode. Right. I, I mean, to Nick's point, there was no major arcs. There's still there's still some carryover, right? It's not like you're having a four or five episode arc, but you'll have like a part one and part two. You'll have, um, you know, a couple episodes that even though they're not part one and part two, you're still in the same kind of area, the same characters that were introduced. Um, but I think that's key. I think Nick hit, hit the nail on the head with that. Like if we had a four part story arc of chopper and that droid, that would have just killed the whole, the whole season to me. Yeah. I think, I think this one episode kind of one and done or even two and done format is better because if you're watching this week to week when it's live, it's probably even worse if you got to sit there for a month watching droid arcs. Right. If it's a four episode arc, you're there for a month. What? <laughs> just going down sand dunes and just talking to no one. I mean, th th this is this is definitely a better format. Yeah, it absolutely is. And Nick, one of the big changes this season, obviously, we had our main crew established season one. We bring in some of our Clone Wars vets season two. We get Ahsoka po popping up from time to time. We get Rex basically joining the ghost crew for most of the season. So what do you think about bringing them into the mix here, introducing them into the mix of our main characters. I loved it. I think at this point in time, it was kind of risky, I guess. You have like, I guess, because like Clone Wars wasn't really, I don't want to say loved, but it wasn't as old as we know it is now. Like there was only six seasons and they were, and the sixth season was relatively new also. So I guess like, Throwing in Ahsoka and Rex at that point in time was kind of like that. Ahsoka is not the same Ahsoka she is now. Like people, people love Ahsoka now. She's one of the best Star Wars characters. But six, seven years ago, was that the case? I don't know. So it was kind of risky, but I love it. I mean, it just shows that everything's full circle. And we get to that later in the season, especially with that final episode. You could see how everything is full circle. And it just, you're basically 
we're reminded that this is just Clone Wars Part 2. Yeah, Pete, what did you think about the addition of those two into the main cast here? I felt like that, I enjoyed it a lot. I think they did add a lot, and they were not just overused. They were organically brought in. And so, like, if we need Rex, he's here. He's not just going to be in every episode just because we want him to be in every episode. Well, I think that's what makes the characters special, right? If Ahsoka's in every episode and if Rex is in every episode, obviously it's cool, but you lose that kind of wow factor of wow, they're in this season. You know, I didn't think we'd see them again in Star Wars, you know, canon or Star Wars stories a- anywhere. Um, I think I think that's important. I think it's important that they are in the season sparingly. And I don't know what the rest of the seasons will be. I think we have two more, right? There's a total of four seasons. Um I'm sure they're not going to stray away from that sparingly showing characters. I mean, there's a couple other characters that are shown very sparingly in this season that we all know and love. So um, I think it's important. I think it's, it's a good move on the production of that, of, of this season and for the show to, to not have them in every episode and kind of cramming it down our throats. Like, Hey, look, we have Rex. Hey, look, we have Rex. Hey, look, we have Rex. So I think it's great. Yeah, and let's get into some of the best episodes of the season. We're going to save the finale for last. I think we are all unanimous agreeing this is probably our favorite episode of the season. But, Nick, start us off here. What else? What episodes do you like this season? I think they did, I think they did a good job with, um, with the introduction of Leia. It was so much better than the introduction of Lando. Like, I like that episode a lot. Like, the Lando episode was not very good, you know, but that one was great. And I just want to point out, too, a little off topic, but this season the first episode and the second episode when they came out i remember this because this is right around when i started watching the show like when season two went live is pretty much when i was like caught up with it if that makes sense and that uh what's the word premiere of season two came out like months before the rest of it and people were in confusion is this actually part of season two and there's still some debate on that so like what we i guess disney plus kind of ends the debate by putting these as episode one and two of season two, but for a long time that it was not, this was considered season one and a half, the siege of Lothal that is. Yes. So it's just interesting to know how, how many years later, I guess eight years later, they still have problems with putting episodes out and having and debates on where they belong and this and that. But back to what your question was, was some of my favorite episodes. I, I think the Leia episode was great. I think anything that involved Vader was great. And there were a couple things that we saw with Vader. And um, I was a big fan also of the one where they kind of just got Rex on board. Yeah, that was a good arc. We'll see. Yeah, and, and to Nick's point here, the Siege of Lothal airs on eight, on April 18th, 2015 at the Celebration Anaheim screening and June 20th on Disney. And then the next episode is October 8th. So that's why you have the confusion about, is this part of season two? Is this season one and a half? That's the, where the confusion really comes in. You would think this many years after what Clone Wars was, like the first three seasons, every time we had a podcast, I'm telling you guys, oh, this one, remember, this came after this, and don't be fooled. Like, I don't know. You'd think by now they would understand. Just put them out in order. People don't want to watch things in weird orders, but I guess not. Yeah, and Pete, what about you? What are some of your other favorite episodes that you enjoy this season besides the finale? Yeah, so everything that Nick said, but I want to add the uh, Protector of Concord Dawn uh, when we start getting the Mandalorian race and everything like that. Um I, I kind of like that Death Watch is coming back into picture when it comes to Sabine and everything like that. I just think I think it's a really cool look into that organization, that that culture of of the Mandalorians. I think we're just going to keep building on and on with that um, throughout the seasons because you know Sabine is a is a Mandalorian, 
And now we know she was from Death Watch. So it it, it definitely get, makes you um, appreciate all the connections, especially because we, you know, we've gone through the Mandalorian, we've gone through Clone Wars. And um, I really want to also just kind of mirror what Nick was saying about the appearance of Leia. They really captured how good of a character Leia is. And I think they may have done a better job in this than they did in the movies. I hate to say that, but you never really saw Leia, except for maybe the last, I don't know. I don't want to say many last three movies, but like she seemed like she was really on the ball in these, in this, these episodes, like very, like I got a plan. This is where we're doing it. Very like, no, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I'm playing both sides. So I think, I think this was like a better representation of Leia was supposed to be than maybe in the movies. Yeah, it's a good point on Leia. I also throw out there, I think Nick made a good point with some, you make a point with these Sabine episodes. Those were strong episodes. I like the episodes we got where we get to focus on on Hera, especially when Champs and Dula comes back in and you see some of his issues popping up here. The episode where you have Zeb and Callus straight on the ice planet together to work together to survive. That was a fun moment where you sort of see Zeb puts doubts into Callus' brain about why should you trust the Empire? Why don't you think about doing things a different way? And Getting a conclusion on Ezra's parents. I think that was nice that we got that so early in season two. I was been that the director of the whole series. It's nice we actually got the resolution pretty early, Nick. I was. It was nice to know that. It's, it's, I guess that was a good mystery that I, I, the answer was kind of underwhelming, I think. But I'm happy they didn't let this run until the finale of the show and then give us an underwhelming ending like, like another time in Star Wars that they did something like that. But um, I also wanted to ask you, Mike... I'm surprised you didn't bring them up. We had two Hondo appearances that, uh, well, well, how did those rank in your favorite episodes? Yeah. They were not great. Is, is he growing on you? He's growing on me, but his plots are getting stupider by the episode. <laughs> I think it's funny that for the way at the beginning, you said, I hate this Hondo guy. And I said, oh boy. Yeah. Here yeah. we are. What? Eight months later, still talking about Hondo. Yeah. And I will throw out here also, if one of forgot for the favorite episode category, the, Episodes at when they went back to the Jedi Temple in the fall, when they had the three separate vision quests for for yeah. Kanan, Ahsoka, yeah. and, and Ezra. That was a very fun episode. I love seeing that. That was the one with Yoda, correct? Yes. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. I guess Anakin was involved in that one as well, right? Yeah, I believe he appears to Ahsoka in a vision or something in that episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think this this just kind of shows you how good this season is when it comes to just quality episodes. You know, I don't know if it's going to rank higher than three and four, but it, like you said, like we said, easy, easy watch. And um, the characters that they kept bringing in, like you were always connecting stuff. You were you never like bored. You were always connecting something, right? Hera's father, um, all these different things. It's just it was, it was it was nice to see. Yeah, let's go the other way. Let's go to some of the worst episodes of the season. Pete, I mean, I, I'm assuming assume the chopper stealing the leg and going on a droid adventure is probably yours. Uh, I would say the two episodes, the one that followed the two, the chopper based one. Yes. Um, I don't know. Just like we're going to fight spiders the whole episode. I, yes, it, it poses a problem to the base, but I, I just don't. I don't really understand why we need to know they had to fight spiders and figure out you know, that Ezra can't talk to the spiders like they did um, the other episode that I'm going to put out there, which is the space whales, space whales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another another one where I was just like, really, we're going to go there. Yeah, this is this is where we've gone in 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 animated Star Wars world is sea whales that can literally go the speed of light. 
they have their own hyperdrives or they were the source, you know, I love how they're like, this is where the hyperdrive was, was, uh, um, taken from the idea really that's the that's where you got the idea from was whales not any other flying technology it was the whales that made you think oh we could go into hyperspace that would be cool i'm glad that you brought this i'm glad you brought the space whales up because that is by far the worst episode of rebels i've seen so far and i will again point out this is another concept they stole from avatar the last airbender and they did it very poorly once again because in avatar the last airbender one of the things was they taught when one of the mystical elements was that when they people learned how to bend the elements, whereas the air, the earth, the fire, they learned from animals. So like badger moles taught one character how to bend the earth and stuff like that. And they did it pretty cool. This was very lame. This was God awful. Like we didn't need to see space whales going into light speed. Saying, oh, that's why we got the inspiration to make ships that could do that for gas. Yeah. The whole thing was we're going to use the whales so we can get gas because we didn't fill up at the last <laughs> station. Like this is this was the whole premise of the story or the episode. So yeah, that, those are those are my top worst episodes. Nick, anything on the space whales? I have nothing really to add except that I'm happy because there was only one episode. If it was this was in Clone Wars, it would have been four. Yeah, or at least three. Would have had four episodes of whales and three episodes of choppers stealing an arm. That's, that would have been <laughs> one third of our season. At least here, it's only two episodes out of twenty-two or something. Yeah, I will also say we did the Zeb's first episode didn't put me to sleep. I had no idea what was happening in it because I was just getting so bored by the whole conversation in that one. Yeah, we'll um, get to his character a little bit later, but I definitely agree with you on that episode with him. Yeah, it was not great in my opinion. I mean, I think the space whales, though, you can tell Filoni wants to go back to his avatar route so badly some of these things. They just don't always land. Could you imagine four weeks of space whales? <laughs> I, I could just see myself sitting down and going, yeah, we're going to watch Rebels today. Oh, that's cool, whales. And then next week, oh, the whales are back. And then the next week, oh, more more whales. And then the final week, okay, I'm done with this show. We'll have more whales. Nick, as somebody yeah. who's, who's seen this show in plenty and has seen all of it and seen all of Clone Wars now with us here, do we get worse than the space whales here? Not that I can really remember. Do you, you definitely, I'll be honest, I don't know if you get any better than this finale was. Yeah. But you get you get close. Yeah. A few times you get close. And there are some great moments still that we haven't seen, but I don't really necessarily think you get worse. But uh, trust me, there are some cool things, cool connections, some characters we haven't seen yet. They're going to pop up. There are characters from original character, I guess not technically original, but original characters. We have a lot of returning things that we still yet to see. So there's still a lot to be excited about, but at the same time, I think we may have seen the best already. Yeah. Well, only two more seasons at that point. One, one's not the same like a season one. So we're basically halfway through the journey already. Yeah. I think there's only what 80 episodes total less 75. I I think, I think we watched like 37. So I think we're like literally halfway. Yeah, and I want to get to that finale now because the finale, I think, merits its own discussion because you said it might be the high water mark of the show. We have the whole showdown, them trying to get to the, find the secret of how to beat the Inquisitors. We have the, Mr. Maul comes back for the first time since the end of Clone Wars. We have him manipulating Ezra. We have him tr- teaming up with Kanan and Ahsoka to try and get back at the Inquisitors. We have the epic betrayals. We have the fight of the century here, Ahsoka against Vader. 
we have all these epic moments. And P, I want to start out with Mr. Maul, your favorite character. We have our Funko, your, your Funko, him somewhere around there. But what do you think of Mr. Maul coming back here? Let me just jump in, uh, Pete, and ask you this before you start. What did you think of when they said Darth Maul and he said formerly Darth, now just Maul? I, I literally thought of you. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 once you. Once they said that, I was like, I feel like Nick said the exact same thing to me in the podcast once. But no, I honestly, I thought of that. I was like, that's right. It's Mr. Maul. Like, imagine they said that. Like, <laughs> Ezra was trying to be, like, really respectful. Like, hi, Mr. Maul. How are you? Like, yeah. I would have lost I would have absolutely lost it. I would have deemed this season the best season ever for anything. I don't care about space whales. Like it would have been on top of like the best Star Wars movie because they referenced Mr. Maul. Um, I think his character was great. I think it was, again, a well-thought character. I don't think all the other characters are not well-thought characters, but it's just so, I don't know if it's the performance or if the way Mr. Maul is written it's just so good. It's so intellectual. It's so dark, but it's also so like, you can trust me. Don't worry. It's very, it's very manipulative as well. I feel like a lot of the dark side in star Wars is very forceful. Join the dark side or I'm going to murder you. That's just it. Right. It's just like, no, but Mr. Maul, formerly Darth Maul, very manipulative, very like, well, well, I can help you. Well, it's always almost like, tempting almost like he's literally the devil if you want to go into you know a religious kind of overview if you want to go that deep it, fantastic character i like how they made him look weak to begin with and then he just pops on normal like nah nah i'm still i'm still a badass so um no i think it was great i think those last two episodes really really put that season over the edge for me as as one of the top seasons yeah, Nick, to build on with Pete's out of Mr. Maul, I think it's fascinating with him. It's like the way he talks to Ezra, especially he's like, yeah, you know, we can work together. Like, you, there's another way to do this. Like, the dark, like, what do you know of the dark side of the force? Like, it can help you unleash your true potential. Like, he's making it sound so appealing as opposed to, like, some of the other, like, Sith Lords. Like, ultimate power! That's sort of, like, their whole pitch where he's like, you know, like, you can do good by using your bad side. I think that was fun seeing Mr. Maul just play on Ezra's, like, hero qualities. It's actually extremely interesting because in the movies, in the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, let's just say, I guess you can say Render the Sith too, but the prequels, Maul came at you with the kind of character he was is no emotion, no character, just badass fighter. And then Dooku was the opposite. He, came, he was a good fighter too, Dooku, but he was all intellectual. And then in the shows, Maul takes a complete 180 and becomes a huge intellectual which is really just interesting to see. But I, I want to say I really wish, I don't know if you guys are going to agree, but I really wish they hid it, hid who it was longer while he was hiding under the hood. I think that would have been such a cool, like it was kind of obvious after like, after the second like shot, it was like, oh, that's Maul. And then you knew, but like it would have been really cool if they hid who it was for a long time. Then he just like took, took his hood off and it was Maul. I think that would have been really powerful. But it was still very powerful. I mean, you saw him there, and I, I mean, I knew right away it was him. I don't know. Did you take you as a second, or you knew immediately? Second, like you said, the second time I saw the hood, I was like, oh, that's Maul. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would have been nice if it, like, built up to it, but yeah. still, I mean, unbelievable episode. And Maul, like I said, I think did a complete 180 from the movies, how he was, like, a, just a fighter, and now he's, like, an intellectual. Yeah, Pete, another thing about Maul I liked here was, like, when Ezra likes to play the game, when people doesn't know, I says, oh, I'm Jabba the Hutt. And, like, Maul lets him play that game. It makes him think he's pulling one over on him. And I'm sure he knows exactly who this guy is and what he's doing. So 
And again, very smart manipulation tactic. I'm all let Ezra think he has the upper hand when he really doesn't. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you you give the other person all the power. It makes their decision easier to join you in, in some sense, right? It's like, oh, well, yeah, your job. But yeah, no problem. Like, see how see how cool it is to be dark. You know, like it's it's almost like it's it's he's like a he's a better salesman than than you know the emperor or or Darth Vader. They're just they're just so and you know to to Nick's point, who knows? Maybe maybe the almost dying in Episode One and being in the junkyard for all those years, even though he went crazy, and maybe when. Um, oh, I forgot the name. The the witch that like brought him back to oh, life. Maybe that made him more intellectual being. I don't know. Um, Mother Talzin. Oh, right. did you know? Did you notice when they plugged the Sith holocron in? That was her voice. I did not actually. I just noticed it and I watched it again. I didn't know that, but I I I, I actually don't know if that's hundred percent true. But I, I'm watching and I'm like, that's definitely Mother Talzin's voice. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. But yeah, I mean, I look. The character has developed so much since that episode one, like like Nick was saying, he was just like a brute, right? It was like, look how much of a badass I am. I can fight really well. He doesn't lose that through this, these seasons of the Clone Wars, Wars or um, or Rebels, but, you know, it would have been cool that maybe in part two, we found out who Maul, Mr. Maul was, you know, maybe, the, you know, this random hooded person helps Ezra get the holocron and then like, Right before the fight scene, he takes off the hood and it's Maul. And now Ahsoka, who obviously knows who Maul is. Um, it, it, that would have been really cool. But I, I do like the character development. And I do like they kept with his persona from Clone Wars. And they didn't try to rechange it again like they did between the movies and Clone Wars. Yeah, and Nick, another thing I noticed here also, it's like it just shows you how like talented Maul is. And how the fact he actually completed his training and became a Sith Lord. Compared to like Kanan, who never finished training the Jedi. Yes, I mean, yes, they had that vision where the in, former Inquisitor pretended he was like a Jedi Temple Guard and said, "You're a Jedi Knight now," but he's never finished training, so like he doesn't know fully how to teach someone else to resist the dark side. And Maul took full advantage of that. Yeah, and Maul, I guess it comes because Kanan, when it all happened over the six, we saw in Bad Batch, he kind of he had to go to hiding or he would have been killed, right? Yeah. Maul, on the other hand, I don't think he really has to hide. We saw what he did in the last episode of Clone Wars. Like they can send 10 clone troopers at him. It means nothing. So he, he was involved. Like Maul was well known throughout the galaxy, like with the crime and the and like the criminal underworld. So I think like he was able to do that because he wasn't hiding in a way, if that makes sense. Like Kanan kind of had to hide and teach himself, if you will. I'm sure he was just like surviving on his own when Maul was just like, I'm here. Come get me. Yeah, let's go to Kanan for a minute, too. This is a big episode for Kanan, because, like, he loses Ahsoka, I mean, loses uh, Ezra for a bit there. He loses, loses influence into Maul. He gets blinded in the fight by Maul, and then at the end, he manages to use the Force to, do, like, do enough to help Ezra escape. So what did you think of the Kanan arc in that finale, Pete? Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's... Um... I don't even know how to feel about it, because... I... I'm assuming he's going to be blind now for the rest of the seasons. I'm assuming. I don't know, obviously. But, like, now we're going to have, like, the master who's blind and using just the force. And that that's a cool concept, whatever. But, like, did, did anyone else get the feeling that he was a little too relaxed about how Ezra was just kind of running the show a little bit in those last two episodes? Like, he was concerned, but he was just like, well, we got to deal with these Inquisitors, so 
don't 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 worry about the dark side, Ezra. And then he like helps at the end. Like I just it seemed like he kind of did it to himself, right? I mean, I could be wrong, but it just he just seemed very like, okay, we we have a, we have a mission to do. I don't care if he's dealing with Maul. Like we'll trust him. He's even though he's my Padawan, you know, quote unquote. You know, no one trusted Anakin. No one, you know, did that. So it, I I don't know. It just seemed very lackadaisical to me. Yeah, I think Nick, he might be a little overconfident there when he saw Maul, because Maul obviously comes out there with the cloak, he's like, got the mechanical legs, so I think, ah, this guy, no threat to me, like, Ezra can handle him, and then Ahsoka's probably sitting there like, you moron, this guy is much smarter than you think he is. Yeah, I mean, we could see, well, when Ahsoka, when Order 66 happened, Ahsoka was very involved with Maul, we saw that. And we saw the flashback. Kanan was kind of young, I guess, at the time. I guess I say he's only a few years younger than Ahsoka, if any, really. And probably like five years younger, right? Would yeah. you say? Yeah, he's probably three, like about eleven. Years. He's probably about eleven. She's about sixteen. Yeah. So I mean, he wasn't really involved in that stuff. So I can see why he wouldn't understand how good Maul really is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in terms of Ahsoka's arc here, just I think the other big thrust of this episode where she goes along. They deal with the Inquisitors who end up getting themselves all killed, which I think, thank God, they all sucked. But we get the big fight at the end with her and Vader at the top of the temple, the Sith temple. And we get that moment at the end. I think it's so powerful where the where Vader's helmet cracks. You see Anakin face in there and he sees Ahsoka and he basically shouts out to her as Anakin, not as Vader for just a second. And I thought that was such a cool ending for her to get through to him and basically... I know it gets the thing that kind of sucks for us is that we know she lives because we've seen her in the Mandalorian. We know she gets out of this somehow, but at the time he's thinking, Oh my God, she sacrificed herself so they can get away. That must've been pretty like Epic Pete. I, uh, I think, you know, we take it as it is, right? Cause obviously we have some knowledge about what happens in the future since Mandalorian, like you said, has Ahsoka Tano. Um, but yeah, I mean, I very powerful, um, I wouldn't go as far as say it was as powerful as the finale of Clone Wars, but it was it was right up there, in my opinion. I mean, Apprentice and Master, you know, maybe they were going for the whole, you know, Bala Mustafar kind of vibe as well. Kind of like a back and forth of like seeing vulnerability, but also power. Um, but it was it was fantastic. I, I don't. You know, I don't know what else to say. I mean, again, the, the lightsaber battles, I wish the lightsabers looked like lightsabers a little bit more if I want to get really technical, but everything else was just, it was great. I mean, we haven't seen Anakin in the suit unless he's like old and dying, right? I mean, we haven't really seen a young Anakin in the suit and you, you know, you always know, well, that's Anakin, but you never really put the two together. You just, it's either the suit or it's either the, the Jedi um, Knight. So now we kind of get that like, oh yeah, he's, he's really in there. And that that was a cool correlation. Yeah, Nick, I know you love this scene specifically. So let's talk about the Ahsoka moment here. Tell me what in the moment, because I'm sure like you watched it in the real time. You didn't know if she actually was gonna survive this. So what did you think about what was going on there? So I thought she was dead. Makes sense, right? I thought yeah. that was the end of her character, and I thought that was a good fitting ending for her. But if you remember last time we were on, when I teased season two, I said this was like the best episode ever. And uh, I kind of stand by that. It was awesome yeah. in every way. And I mean, that moment to me is like one of the best moments in Star Wars when she got through to him. Because to me, and I thought to many others until 2015, that's what Star Wars was about. The story of Anakin Skywalker, but, you know, and how there's still good in him. And that was a huge moment 
You know what I mean? To show that there is still good in him. She got through to him and kind of confusing. You know, you always like have these questions on who knew he was Vader. Did Ahsoka know Anakin was Vader until like this season? And I think the answer is yes, but she wasn't positive. She suspected. And I, and I think this confirmed it for her. Like she, she was like, I think it's him kind of thing. And this kind of confirmed it. And like, does Maul know? You think yes, because he knew everything in the last season of Clone Wars. He like knew Anakin was involved in some stuff. Like you would think, but they don't want to like tell you. Like, does Tarkin know Anakin is like? I just find that stuff interesting. Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. Because Darth Vader was not a public thing. He was like a hidden enforcer. So like a lot of people in the world didn't even know Vader existed. Not the world, the galaxy. Forget the like the empire people knew, but like the random te- citizens on Coruscant probably didn't even know Vader existed. Yeah, it's certainly fascinating too. It's an interesting thing to think about. It's fascinating, true. I do like the way they ended the season where they had basically Ezra and Kanan limping back to the ghosts, and then we get that cryptic shot of Ezra challenging the dark side to open the holocron and you see the holocron like make his eyes glow red, and you had, that's your last shot of the season. Like, Ooh, I want to start right now. So, like, that was a good hook to catch you into next season, right, Pete? Oh, I think so. I think that was a great way to end it. Um, you still had a lot of closure with the end of the season, right? Inquisitors are dead. We think Ahsoka's dead, you know, obviously because she's a Mandalorian. She's not. Um, obviously, we know Vader's not dead because we get, you know, episodes four, five, and six. So, it it definitely is a great closing episode. It's not leaving you with too many questions. But then that, that last holocron thing where you think, Okay, Ezra's good. Like, we don't have to worry about Maul or anything like that. Like, boom, nope. Okay, maybe there's something we do have to worry about. So I think that was good. Yeah. We know we know we haven't seen the end of Maul, right? I mean, yeah. that's pretty obvious. He made such an impression here. But am I crazy? Maybe we have to go back and rewatch this. But I never remembered this from the first time or two that I saw this. But I, ju- I just watched right before we recorded. I just finished 15 minutes before we came on. I could have sworn they show like a little aftermath scene, you know, like, like you said, when Ezra's holding the holocron and you see Vader leaving the temple, walking away, kind of like damaged, like kind of like slowly walking. I feel like the next scene is Ahsoka walking down steps. Am I crazy? I didn't see that. I didn't, I, I, I I didn't pause and check, but I'm almost positive. That's what it is. So like, Oh, I don't know if we're supposed to assume she's dead or not. Cause I'm like 95% sure I saw her walking down steps from the back. You don't get to see her. You don't get a shot of her face. Yeah. It's something we'll keep, keep an eye on. I'm sure they'll get to how she survived eventually, but I don't think we're going to get that anytime soon. I'm going to look back on that and I feel like you're right. Pause and pause that and see if it's her or not. Yeah. All right. So we'll keep that in mind, but let's get now into our trackers that we do every season. This See, this go around, we have a few that we need to discuss things on because I will get to why in a bit. But we'll start off with our carryover trackers from Clone Wars themselves. The Hondo trackers finally updated. We got 12 appearances now for Hondo. He appeared in episode 6, episode 14. Pete, thoughts on Hondo coming back? Yeah, he became a real softy, didn't he? Yeah, he's lost a few miles off the fastball. Yeah, like, he's just like, Oh, I like you because you think the way I do. But it's like, oh, but I'll still, I don't know. Like his character doesn't seem as intense anymore. Maybe because he's alone. Maybe because he's like lost out there now. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I He just seems like a big softy now. Yeah. Nick, thoughts on Hondo 2.0? Yeah, he's not the same, unfortunately. But I guess, you know, 
it is really understated how much time has passed here. We're up to at the end of this season. I'm reading this right now as we speak. It says this is the last episode to take place in three BBY, which is before the Battle of Yavin. The show started in five, so we're we're already two and a half years later than when the show started, first of all. And that's already, if you think about it, the show starts 14 years after Avenger the Sith. So my, my point is, this is 16 years later. Hondo, he was already kind of old in the Clone Wars, maybe in his late 40s. He might be like 65 years old now. Yeah, that's true. I'm mostly so it is. I can cut him a little bit of slack if he's if he's that old. I, I don't know if that I don't know if that is out there. I don't know if they have that like officially published on when he yeah. was born, but if that is the case, I'll cut him some slack. Yeah, so I've been keeping track of the time here. Usually, when, usually when Sabine changed her hairstyle, usually a sign that year year passes. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna get a couple uh, more hairstyle changes. Maybe yeah. one specifically that I can think of. Yeah, so not from her, somebody else. Yeah, the dark saber still at five years. You've not seen it yet. I think it's coming soon. We started to get the Mandalorian like references here, and suddenly Sabine has on season. I'm sure it's going to show up again soon. Um, we will see. Yeah. Definitely see. Yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's coming soon. I won't confirm. Obviously, it's in it's in the show. I'm not going to say if it's this season or next, but it's obviously in the show. Yeah, Bo-Katan still at nine appearances. We haven't seen her again yet. Hopefully, we'll see her again some point before the I, end of the show. You would have to you'd have to assume that she shows up with the dark saber. Okay, like yeah. yeah. All right, original trilogy character appearances. We have thirteen with an asterisk because I will update where the asterisk is in a minute. But we had Darth Vader pop up four more times. Season one, like 215, 201, 202, 218, and the finale. R2D2, episode eight, he shows up. Leia, we mentioned. Am I on a ruling here? Do we count Yoda's appearance to Ezra here? Because it's not a hologram. Do we count his his manifesting a vision here? Are we counting that as an appearance for Yoda? I don't let him see. I'll say fine. Uh, Pete, what do you think? Okay, I'm fine with giving Yoda credit here for an appearance because this is not the same as Lando appearing on the view screen episode one. Yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, I guess he was, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Yoda. Yoda's cool. Yeah, we'll assume Yoda somehow like you, like, you, like manifested his, his appearance over there. Who can do it? Yoda can do it. All right, so he's up to, so that will make it 14 appearances now with the asterisk thrown in there officially counted. So that's one we've cleared up here. Next up here, the Clone Wars prequel character appearances. We're up to 28 now. <laughs> this really ballooned. We got Ahsoka 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 times. Rex 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. We had two from Gregor. Two from Hondo, one from Chan Sandula, and one from Mr. Maul. My question to you guys is, should we take the prequel characters throwing with the original characters doing movies versus Clone Wars? Because you think I'll make a more fair fight? Yes. Because the only appearances from actual like prequel characters have been Mr. Maul and Bail Organa. But to be honest with you, just thinking about it, who is in the prequels that's not in that's that's alive? Who wasn't in the originals? Yeah, it's Bale and Mr. Maul. Right? Is there any... Like, could there... I mean, like, those who we have so far, like, who could possibly show up that would make that different? Like, General Grievous is dead. Dooku's dead. Like, who who could show up? Jar Jar. Jar Jar can show up. I don't think he... I'll be honest. I don't think he does. Yeah, I think they probably buried him, but he's he is eligible. 
Yeah. What about uh, hmm. C.O. Bibble? Yes. If we go Naboo at some point. Yeah, I don't think there's many characters who even can show up. So I, I think I agree with you on changing that, but I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's going to. Um, I don't think much is gonna change. You just kind of kind of get two more characters into your movie one. Yeah, because I think a movies versus Clone Wars makes more sense. I think we'll try and change that for season three here. See if see what that does to the math here. Because also keep in mind, Ahsoka did most of the appearances. Now she's off the show for for probably the foreseeable future. We'll see about that. Yeah. Well, again, I will they, say with season. No, 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 never mind. Keep going. Keep going. We'll get to season three in a minute. Okay. Now our some more of our specific crackers here. Episodes focus on Sabine, Zeb, and Hera, the non Kane and Ezra characters. We did have one last season. Nick was correct. It's at 106 with Sabine and Hera. I gave that credit for that. Two, we had six more this season up to seven. So Hera gets 207 and 216. Sabine, 208, 213, and 214, and 217 for Zeb. So they got two each. So that was a solid distribution for those characters, Pete. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see. I just, you know. I would like a little bit more on Sabine's background. I I, I don't really, I, I don't want to be mean to Zeb. I just don't care. I think I care more about the Mandalorian like culture than I do. Yeah, it was Whatever cool. He is. You know, I, I, it's cool to know he was like a captain and he was like a high ranking official in his, in his um species. But I, I really don't care what Zeb's history is. Unfortunately, I just, I care more about Sabine uh, Hera and um, you know Kanan and Ezra. Okay, that I think I agree with that. I think Zed's probably the least interesting character of the main the main group. I agree, but I think his episode is the most important for the season, and I won't say why. Okay, with the second one. Yeah, episode seventeen is very important. I, I say, won't say why. I was gonna say I have to go back and watch fourteen again. That's a problem because I fell asleep in that one the first time. Yeah, seventeen, especially the ending there, is very important for the future of the show. Okay, so now we'll go to my favorite one. The chopper kill count. This exploded because of his action in episode nine. So to recap here, we had him in the beginning of the season here. He dumped three troopers into a bottomless pit, blow up three ships. He blew up three ships in the season by sabotaging them. So he basically sabotaged one ship. that has the gravity well, draws in two more. They all explode. I had to go to the Reddit for a ruling on this one because I couldn't figure out exactly what the count was. They estimate 50,000 casualties from those three total total from those just blowing up. So based on that, I'm taking their credit for it because they said the main ship is up 47,000 people on it. That blows up there. You have to use a droid, send six stormtroopers into space. So our grand total right now is 50,019 kills for Chopper. I like it. I like it. (laughs) At least it's not him going through a desert for four episodes, right? <laughs> you at least appreciate that the dude is at least, like, just by the thousands, just murdering people. Yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Like, imagine if R2-D2, like, yeah, he had his mix-up. Imagine C-3PO just hitting buttons and just blowing up shit. <laughs> just left and right. Just, just, uh, oh, no, oh, dear. Like, just just seeing him just mass casualty, like, yeah. all these ships. I mean, I, I, you have to at least appreciate there's some sort of action with this droid. Yeah, I think, honestly, the only person in this universe who might have more kills than him by the time they're done is Luke Skywalker because he blew up a Death Star. True. Definitely more people on the first Death Star than the second. Because um, the first Death Star is fully built and it's fully staffed. Yeah. What about Star- the even Star Killer Base? I don't think it had that many people on it because it was mostly mostly deserted. 
The only question is like, what are we ruling the Star Killer base when they blew up the planet? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the planet, the, pan- the planet seemed empty, did it not? The one they blew like, up, the that forest, had to, and the one that had the setting on it. Oh, you're saying when Star Killer Base blew it up? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I thought you meant when they blew up Star Killer Base. Um. Yeah, I mean that's gotta be your top because they blew up multiple planets at the same time. And that yeah. was the one with the center. That was I don't know how to pronounce it. Hossian Hossian Prime. Yeah. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but Yeah, that one that's the original Death Star blowing up Alderaan also has to be in the mix. Yep. So I'd say yep. he's he's gotta be top five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and we thought he wouldn't get more killed than Jack Bauer. Boy, was that wrong. <laughs> the choppers are Cool character. I actually noticed at the end of the at the end of the last episode, he was like telling Ezra and Kanan to come on. You can hear him saying, "Let's go, let's go." You can actually yeah. kind of make out what he's saying. It's yeah, like, let's go, and they're like, "We're coming." Yeah, I like that you can actually have a conversation with Chopper. You can understand what he's saying, not the usual beep boop. He tries like basically his beep boop, so he can kind of form words. Yeah, Chopper's cool, and I mentioned before it's Dave Filoni who voices him, which is also pretty cool. Yeah, and those are our trackers right now. That's what we have going on here. Now we'll get to our MVP, LVP rankings from Season 1. Here's where we stand. Kanan Jarrus is the leader here. He is plus 3. The Grand Inquisitor, who rests in peace, plus 2. Chopper, thanks to me, plus 1. Sabine, plus 1. Tarkin, plus 1. Hera, at 0. The Governor of Lothal, who we forgot she died in Episode 1. She did. She's a negative one, so she will not get out of this out of the purgatory here. Uh, Lando minus one, then a tie at the bottom here minus three. You have Asian Callus and Ezra. So now we're giving out some points here. So Pete, you want to get out the first MVP of season two? Uh, I'm gonna go Mr. Maul. Really liked his character. Think they, it brought a lot of questions up with Ezra. You know, obviously the holocron at the end of the finale brings up those questions, but I don't think that happens without Maul's persuasion. So I give him an MVP. Uh, Nick, your first MVP. Also Maul. I kind of felt weird about it. I was glad Pete said that first because he's only in like half, like I guess one episode total, like the second half of one and the first half of another. But yeah, Maul, he, he just shows how, incredible you can turn a character into when you take these shows seriously like before people watch these shows people who don't watch them they're like Darth Maul alive oh that's stupid like all right watch it and then tell me it's stupid he's like the greatest character in Star Wars all right I'm gonna give one to Ahsoka here to start off my MVP section here because she has a very good season she's sort of a good sounding board for both Kanan and Ezra you know she never actually finished training to become a Jedi she has a good job getting through to Anakin that last fight and she realizes that the team of, of Ezra Kanan needs to get out alive. She sacrifices herself in essence to make sure they get out. So for the sacrifice play, Ahsoka gets an MVP point for me. Pete, who's your second MVP? I will agree with you with Ahsoka. Um, I was in between a couple people, but I do like Ahsoka in this season. Um, I hope she's in more seasons. I do like Ahsoka Tano's character. You know, obviously she was the annoying little brat in that, you know, first season of, Clone Wars, but you know, I would, I would, you know, start the argument or start the the discussion about Ahsoka is a very powerful Jedi or Force wielder, right? Because she never really became a Jedi. I feel like if she would have completed her training, she may have been more powerful than um, Anakin when it came to skills, 
maybe not with the emotion or the, the midichlorian count and all the kind of science behind it, but she, she was, I don't know. I just feel like if she completed that training or if, or if we see more of her, we'll just see how powerful she really is. I mean, it, when she was battling Vader, it was like nothing. Yeah. So I'll give her the MVP as well. Nick, your second MVP. Also Ahsoka. I mean, can we just go back to that fight? I mean, even before it started, the dialogue is just incredible. Like, I was beginning to think I knew who you were under that mask. Like, you know, he was weak. I destroyed him. I'll avenge him. Like, everything was perfect. And, like, she's a fantastic character. I mean, how clear is it from, I don't know if you have it anywhere stored away, but if can you look at trackers in the past? Like if I asked you what were our trackers at at season five in the Clone Wars, I don't think you have that anymore, right? Because you go on top of it, right? I I don't have it on hand. I had to go back and look in the in the actual podcast find what that board was. Because I'm positive, I don't remember off the top of my head, but after season one of Clone Wars, we probably all had Ahsoka last on the list, and now she's one of our favorite characters. All of us, like there's like when you see Ahsoka on the screen, we get happy now. We used to be like, oh Ahsoka, yeah, like they built her up, fantastic. Yeah, that's definitely true. My second MVP point, we'll give one to Sabine here because I feel like on a team with two Jedi, she actually might be the best fighter on the team. She does a great job with all sorts of weapons, whereas the guns, the bombs, she gets a valuable ally also for them. She gets that bond with her former rival, Ketsu, and Ketsu is trying to be a good ally to the Rebellion. So I'm giving Sabine a point here, my second point. Okay. Right. I can never disagree with that. A- a Sabine is my favorite character in the show. All right, Pete, your final MVP. So... I want to make this correlation really quick before I give my MVP. When I look at Sabine and I look at Hera, I kind of see the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin a little bit. And the reason why I bring this up is because I'm giving Hera my last MVP point. Hera really grows into a fantastic leader this season. A lot of self-sacrifice, a lot of stick to the mission. The rebellion is more important than our own personal gains. Um, And, Sabine is a little thick-headed when it comes to what Hera's asking her to do. And I just, for some reason, I kind of see that Obi-Wan, Anakin, Anakin, Ahsoka Tano, I see that same kind of master and apprentice, apprentice mentality when it comes to Hera and Sabine. Um, so I wanted to give Sabine the point, but I just think Hera developed so well as a rebellion leader that she deserves that MVP this season. Yeah, I also uh, point out here with the Hera thing, Peach, she also found the B-Wing, and she flew the B-Wing. That's a very important development for the Rebellion. Right. Yeah. Very, very important. Very, very important. Nick, who's your final MVP? So me and Pete have a family play here. We have 100% agreement. I'm going with Hera also. I gave her, I believe I gave her an LVP last season. I said that she was like the mom of the group and like didn't do anything. I feel like now she's the mom of the group, but she does a lot. So I feel like that exactly what Pete said. She is focused on the greater good. She has to like keep everyone in line and she actually does stuff about it. Now I feel like in season one, she was just kind of there saying, no, no guys or like, no, no, put your seatbelt on. And now she's like doing stuff about it. I don't know really how to explain it more than that. Just like she's becoming more of a badass in her ways. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to wrap up my set here. I'll give you my honorable mention as well. Leia was not the I'll mention this because as Pete said earlier, like this is a fantastic character season for Leia. We get one episode of her and she shows you exactly why. Like she's a very important figure to the rebellion because she plays the Empire so well. She has this whole plan. 
how we're going to drop these ships off the ships be stolen so that the rebellion actually gets them. It does it well. Mr. Maul, I did not give the MVP to, but again, I, just because for me, it was the length Whoa. of time he was there. Whoa. But again, I will point out, and he's there for like five minutes in the whole season, but he nearly flips Ezra the dark side, wipes out a couple of Sith Inquisitors, blinds Kane, and steals Vader's ship. That's a lot of action in five minutes. Best five minutes ever. It is, but for yeah. the length of the season, I am once again giving one a chopper. Because again, he found the base. The rebels have a base now that yeah. they can use yeah. as a chopper. He found a base that was riddled with spiders. And those two episodes were the worst episodes of the season. You're giving him an MVP over Maul. Yeah. He again, he blew up oh, fifty thousand stormtroopers. Oh, he blew up God. three ships and he had the nobility to sacrifice the leg he stole to help save his new friend. So I think points to Chopper. It's a good base for Garrett Cole to go there with all those spiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I had to get Chopper a mention here because it, for me, blowing up three ships is impressive and nobody else in the Rebel sees not how to do anything in terms of that regard. I like Chopper. He never, he never got on my nerves. Yeah, if, he, if he didn't do it yet, look up Chopper Rogue One. Yeah. He's there. I yeah. didn't... I did look it up. We did watch him beep and boop his way through the background of that scene. Yeah. All right. Let's go the other way. The LVPs. Nick, you want to lead off the LVP to bar and tell us who are your least favorite characters? I were? will. Uh, the Inquisitors as a whole. Yeah, Team Inquisitor. They, they, they suck. I liked when there was one, the Grand Inquisitor. He was, he was easy to get behind him. He was kind of badass. He looked badass. These guys, like... They're pulling them out of left field. Like everything I see, there's more Inquisitors. There were three in that fight alone at the end. I think there might have been another one or two that popped up in this season. You had the two or three that were in the Jedi Fallen Order game. Like they're everywhere. I think it's so silly. Are there supposed to be Jedi's that are Jedi that fell to Vader? I think, but like, who are they? Like, I don't know. There's no background on them. They're just, I think they're terrible characters. Yeah. And they're only there because they don't want Darth Vader to be in every episode. Yeah. And because Callus sucks and he's not a good villain. Yeah. I'm going to be right there. You got to throw a point also on Team Inquisitors because not only are they useless villains, they all look the same. They all act the same. There's no separating personality quiz for any of them. And they get punked by, like, not just the Jedi. They get punked by Zeb. They get punked by Tiny Ezra. They get punked by Chopper. They get chunked by Sabine. Like, these guys are terrible at their jobs. So yeah, I'm not a fan. Pete, first yeah, LEV. Clean sweep. You know what would have been so much better is if after the Grand Inquisitor got killed, you brought back Asaz Ventress. Yeah. I mean, they all kind of look like the same species, right? I mean, like they look like they're cut from the same cloth. Bring back Ventress. It would have been so much better. Amazing. Yeah. And just have her. And that's it. Not fortunately. She's dead. Never see her. No. Oh, yeah. But we never see her again. Yeah, because she died in the comic book, and they're not gonna. And Filoni loves the canon so much, he's not gonna bring her back just to undo the comic book. And look, that's totally fine. Like, I, I would not want to step on any toes when it comes to canon. But like, who wrote the book? Like, who's the guy who said I'm gonna kill? Like, did, that, that was are, like know, that was based annoying. that was based off Clone Wars scripts. Remember, we went through this already. So that was like unpublished, unanimated Clone Wars episodes, and they just said they were canon. I feel like they could have done. A, she was a good character, and they could have gave her a better ending. Well, that was the eight, that was that eight part mess that they said that they end up doing putting in the yeah. graphic novel. That's where she ends. Her end comes. So, Nick's second LVP. Uh, Zeb. He's just kind of boring. He's like the wrecker of the crew, but he's a, a wrecker has more development than him. 
Really? Well, he does nothing. He's just the enforcer. Yeah. But he, but he has no, like, at least a released record, like, developed some sort of relationship with Omega over time. He's done nothing. He had barely a relationship with Ezra to begin. He barely has a relationship with Ezra now. Everybody else in the Ghost crew, like, it seems like they all barely know him in a way. And, like, and I feel as a viewer, I barely know him, too. All right. So, Pete, second LVP. Um. I'll, I'll I'll go with that as well, Zeb. Um, they tried to give him a backstory. I don't think many people care. You know it's bad when they try to give him some sort of backstory. It only lasts for an episode, and you're just back into like you know the 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 brute that he is. I mean, don't get me wrong; he's not a bad character in the sense that you know I wish he was not in the show, but. I, almost kind of useless it's just almost like well he's the muscle of the group like nick was saying just the, the muscle and, and that's the end of it so it's sad maybe maybe we'll see some more development maybe we won't yeah but i'll give him the P as well yeah i'm not gonna give him a point because i don't care enough about him i will point out this though to back up your guys argument here his episode the first one came right before space whales i fell asleep in his episode and actually watched through space whales it tells you how bad his episode was <laughs> Yeah, I, I, like I said, though, his second episode, not that I liked it or whatever, it's very important. Yeah. Very yeah. important. That's literally the only episode I, I fell asleep. I did not feel bothered to go back and try and catch up on what I missed because I was like, this is not important whatsoever. My second LVP, I am going to, I'm, I hate to do as I started to love this character. I'm going to give one to Hondo. And just because Hondo, we got used to it in Clone Wars and being clever, like, he is just all over the place this time around. It's like they took the bad Lando energy of season one and just dumped it into Hondo's pile here. Because, like, the stuff he's coming up with, like, all these crazy schemes. Apparently he has no idea who Lando is. He needs to get bailed from the Empire by the Ezra and the Ghost crew twice. He's supposed to be around Pirate. Like, not a good look for Hondo. Come on. I'm about to go see Hondo in Disney next month. Yes. Yeah. Smugglers run. Yeah, you can tell, yeah. him, tell him I'm sorry, but he had a bad season. So I, I'm 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 very excited to see him, but no, I agree. He, he got he got older. I mean, I I could cut him some slack though, because he seemed I, in no age. I looked it up, but he seems like he's an older guy. Yeah. All right. So Nick, your final LVP is who? So I'm really s- stuck between two on this. I will tell you who the other one is, but I have to decide on my own. So please come back to me. All right, Pete, you have one ready to go. I do, and I also have an honorable mention of most useless character in the world. Um, <clears throat> so my LVP goes to Kanan. I really hate that he was just so lackadaisical at the end, and also throughout the season. It, it, I don't know if he cares because he wants to make sure Ezra succeeds or if he cares because it's the right thing to do to build the Jedi Order back up to fight the Rebellion. Like, I don't... I don't know if he's doing this because he feels like there's a need to and it's just the right thing to do versus if he actually wants to be doing what he's doing. I think he's grown since the first season and actually wanting to do this, but I, he's just so, I don't like, he doesn't care. I don't even care. Like, it's just like, yes, I want Ezra to be a Jedi, but every, every episode Ezra's complaining and Kane is like, I don't know what to do with this kid. Like, it's just, I, I feel like I'm watching like a sitcom on TV when it comes to them too. So I give him the LVP point, but I do want to mention one character that I feel is useless. 
the stupid guy who made the B-Wing. <laughs> What's the problem? I don't know. Oh, well, I haven't really tested it, but go ahead. Like, what are you, what? You're supposed to be the greatest <laughs> mind out there when it comes to, to building ships, and you're out there just, oh, yeah, yeah, fly it, but I haven't figured out how to, how to land it or nothing yet. Oh, like, why couldn't you just done, like, another rebel cell that's been working on something, and this is the new technology? Go pick it up. Not this random dude in the middle of nowhere who doesn't even know what day it is going, yeah, I built this thing. Go have fun. I mean, I, useless. Yeah. I'll get different. I'll give my two elements as well. Like one is Wolf. I don't think we introduced in Clone Wars, but he calls the Empire on the Ghost Crew. Which come on, dude, you are a clone. You should know that they're the bad guys. That's bad. I'm a also moron. yeah, he's a moron. The other one that Crime Lord has Morgian. Like why? He's a <laughs> he's a fat tub of lard. He's the most useless fighter on the on the galaxy. And I mean Hondo. Even Hondo's washed up age. He just runs run circles around this clown. And the fact that people are afraid of him, I do not understand this, but. I'm going to go with P here. Kanan gets the LVP because he had a very bad season. His attitude this season sucks so hard. He frustrates Ezra to the point where Ezra is openly going to Darth Maul, Mr. Maul, excuse me, for advice and saying, Mr. Maul, what do you think? Mr. Maul, what do you think I should do? Mr. Maul, how we do this? What do you think we should do to open the holocron? Like he pushes Ezra right into Maul's arms not only that, he gets blinded by Maul, the fight at the end. And this is a very, very bad season for Kanan. So I'm going to give him the LVP. He earned this one very well. I'm not opposed to it. Did you have a decision now on your final one? I do. So the one I was deciding between, or the two I was deciding between, number one, that I'm gonna, I'm not going to go with this one, I'm going to count this as moderate mention, is Kanan. I want to... um. Go with the other one just so we can talk about this guy instead. I have to go with um, Agent Callus. Again. Yeah, they keep bringing in more villains because this guy can't do it. He's such a, I think he's such a bad character that they had to bring in the Grand Inquisitor. Then they have all the Inquisitors. And Vader was a little more heavily involved in this season than others. It's like this guy can't be the villain because it's not, he's not good enough. But I will say this is the last time he will be on this list. And I guarantee that. Yeah. In terms of callous though, I do think for me, it's like he just wasn't there enough because we kind of moved away from what falls usually where he was. Well, if you watched the Zeb episode, you can see that there's big changes coming for callous. Yeah. And you not giving Kane the LVP keeps him the positives. Barely. He's not plus one. He was plus three at the start of this at this thing. Kanan, I mean, yeah, he was up there for me, too. Like you said, he was just kind of annoying and placing his trust where he shouldn't have and not trusting things he should have. And it's just like everything was sort of like backwards with him. But to me, Callus's character was created to be the big villain of this show, like the Tarkin of how kind of like Tarkin wasn't Bad Batch at the beginning, kind of like all well, the Clone Wars. There wasn't a central villain, I guess, but like he was supposed to be the main villain of the show. And it's like we've had like six other ones because he's such a bad villain. Yeah, that's also very true. And I think in terms of the list here with, with Kane, another thing I wanted to point out in the LEP arguments, like his fights with Rex were really annoying. I get he's traumatized from his time in 66 and watching all the clones murder, uh, his, his master there. But at the same time, like Ahsoka's vouching for him. 
He saved your bacon. Ezra says, why we trust him? I think that's another factor why he starts pushing Ezra away because this whole feud with Rex that lasts about half a season. Yeah, and I think we saw it firsthand. I guess not until after this aired, but we saw it firsthand with Bad Batch. We saw it firsthand with Order 66 in the Clone Wars. Rex is to be trusted. But I guess if you're Kanan, you don't know that. Yeah, despite the fact he ran to Ahsoka, Ahsoka said trust him, and then Kanan and Ezra... Seems to have a more sta- smarter hand on his shoulder than Kane does at this point. Trust him. Rex, he cannot. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the last thing here. Our season rankings here. As of right now, we have season one ahead of the shorts. Are we putting season two ahead of both? I say yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is this, the right season rankings here have been very easy. This again, it's kind of like Clone Wars going each one gets better than the last. Yeah, I think that'll continue as well. All right. So that's season two. We have season three coming up here, Nick. Do you want to give us a little teaser on what's coming up? Season three is awesome. Season three is maybe the height of the show. I think season three might be the best season. They're all really good. Four might be even better than three. But unfortunately, we're not getting an episode as good as the finale. We're going to get a better set of episodes, I think, in season three. I think you have a lot of great battles in this. What did I say? What's what? Did I say a lot of great battles? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, a lot of great episodes in this. I've read the word battle. Um, you're getting a lot of great episodes in this, but you're not getting an episode nearly as good as that last one. But you're going to see a lot of new characters in this season that we know from other things. People we know from the originals, people we know from the prequels, and people that we all know of but I guess we never saw him in any other canon media. For example, the whole point of this Mandoverse, Grand Admiral Thrawn, he's making his appearance. He's finally showing up. Yep, and he is everything advertised as advertised. He's everything we wanted Callus to be. Yeah, and that just shows you again. I'll tell you this right now. Cal- uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is in the first episode of season three. So you went from the Grand Inquisitor, the other Inquisitors, to Vader showing up, to this, to that, and these crime lords, the Mandalorian people, the Death Watch bad guys, to Great Admiral Thrawn, all within 38 episodes. And Callus is supposed to be your villain. Yeah, not great. No. But yeah, this is a great season. You have, like I said, you have a couple, like, like you know, he had the Lando episode and the Leia episode. We have another one of those. Yeah. We have... Two characters that are probably the two most popular Star Wars characters ever, besides Vader, who are still who are showing up. And we have our Animal Throne. So that's awesome, right? It is. And for sure, we'll do that soon. And I think that's going to be coming out next month. We have two more seasons to go. And then we'll be right on track because the Pete, the Book of Boba is dropping the first episode on December 29th. So we are right on pace to finish ahead of time and be ready to preview this thing. I am very excited for the Book of Boba. I'm very excited. Um, I love the live action shows. I like what they started with Mandalorian. And um, I'm hoping we can just only go up from here. I hope we're not let down. But I'm sure we will have a nice couple things to say about this this new show coming out. Yeah. So to recap here, you're going to be in your feeds on this on October 11th on Columbus Day. Happy Columbus Day with some Star Wars for you guys. You're going to have season three early November. I have another surprise for you, so keep your keep your ears poked around Halloween. You might hear from us again. We won't tell you what it is yet, but we, we might be you might be hearing from us. 
I'm excited. Yeah, I know this was, this was Nick. Ex- this was Nick's idea, so we're not going to spoil it yet. But you may hear from us in a spot that's not our usual spot. Exciting. And I, I got to say too, I know you didn't ask me, but I'm really excited for the Book of Boba Fett too. Yeah. Um, I that whole Mando verse, they that episode with Ahsoka in it opened my eyes to the fact that they're going to do kind of like a mini MCU on Disney plus kind of star Wars thing. And that is just so awesome to see. And like, you know, like how she, when she says, where's great animals are on. And then all of a sudden, two weeks later, Oh yeah. So is getting her own show. So is Boba Fett. So is, um, well, I guess that, um, what is her name? The one who got fired. Oh, Cara Dune. Like they got, that, that, that one, no, yeah, no. I guess like, I don't think that one's really going to happen anymore, but it, 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 you know, it was supposed to at the time and all these shows are all coming out and they all have to do with each other. That's yeah. the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's, it's for me, that's going to, that's going to be their way. I was going to figure out how long they before they recast that character. That's what I think is going to happen with that. You think they recast yes. it? You think they scrapped the show? I not, the show's on development. They're, freeze right now, right? They're going to have freeze. They have enough other stuff going on right now. They're just taking the time to figure out how they want to play. They want to recast the character or call it a new version of a character to sort of lead that. Yeah, she was talking in, in one of the episodes. I think it was the one when um, when Baby Yoda was in school. Yes. Remember that? At the end, she was talking to some, it's like a hefty Asian pilot. Yeah. If I believe he would be in the show. And then uh, so would, maybe, I guess, Dave Filoni's character too, right? Uh, he might not be there. He might pop up every now and then, but oh, he'll he'll pop up. But he wouldn't know that he wouldn't be a he wouldn't be a main guy. Yeah, I think that'll be exciting for sure. And I think in terms of this one, I think what we're watching right now, I feel like this is gonna build right to the Ahsoka show. I feel like this is where we're really gonna get a lot of this useful knowledge coming in. It's like I feel like Clone Wars, I think, was more helpful for Mando in, in general because you have the stuff with Bo-Katan, the Dark Saber, and that sort of mythos. But I think hey, we still have that stuff. Don't forget, we still have a lot of that stuff coming in the, in this show. But, I mean, if you've been following the casting rumors for Ahsoka, it sounds like they're trying to cast a live-action version of Sabine to be in that show because apparently there's stuff with Ahsoka and Sabine going on. You might have versions of Ezra and, I believe, Thrawn going to that show. So, stuff keep stuff to keep an eye on with that. So, I actually I have to admit one of my uh, mistakes here I was wrong about. When they were showing the casting of Season 2 of The Mandalorian... And they were showing like the trailer and stuff. Do you guys know who Sasha Banks is? Yes. WWE superstar. Yeah. I was positive that was going to be Sabine. And it just just wasn't at all. <laughs> they wasn't up, at all. She kind of looks like she had like, purple hair and stuff, you know? They have the plants. Yeah, I, I thought that was a, I thought that was like, oh, my God, that's Sabine. They showed her in the trailer and made her seem important, too, with the hood on. I was like, oh, that's going to be her. But no, not at all. Yeah, not at all, but. I want to thank you guys. We'll be back again soon. More in your feeds before you know it. And leave a chance to follow us on social media. Pete, I'm going to follow you on social media. Give us some of the stuff you're up to. At PJ Constory 29. A lot of hockey stuff coming up. Um, we're recording later this week, Mike, for uh, for hockey. So we're uh, very excited for hockey season. Very excited for season three of Rebels. So we'll see you guys soon. And Pete, we will not go as long on this on hockey on this one. That's fine. Whatever it is. <laughs> Talking Star Wars and hockey, so we can go as long if you want. Yeah, I'd say about half the length. I think we'll be fine with that. Okay. All right. And Nick, you're not giving it out yet. We're going to wait for Almost. a surprise. Almost. Yeah, so it's getting, getting close. close. We're getting close. The audience will find out soon enough. Yeah. Um. So, Mike, it is now at the time of recording, October 6th. Yes. Time of release, October 11th, correct? Yes. Your bold prediction, the man in charge of this podcast. On October 11th at, what's say, 5 a.m. does this drop? Yes. Time? 
Yeah. Is Aaron Boone the manager of the New York Yankees? Yes. Okay. That's that's the prediction. We'll see if that holds. All right. We'll see. All right. Thank, thank, thanks again, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Mike. All right. And that will do it for the Sky Guys recapping season two of Star Wars Rebels. A lot of fun indeed. My book stuff like his podcast, including my look at the Yankees wildcard loss. I did instant react to the game after it happened Tuesday night. Check out the blog over at justendthesuffering.wordpress.com. Go subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. Simply search for Just End the Suffering, your favorite podcast platform. You can find all the episodes there. Feel free to your feedback and star ratings will help, help make the podcast even better going forward. You can also follow the YouTube page, Mike Phelps on YouTube. You want the full version, video version of the Sky Guys chat, plus all the videos from the previous ones are in the Sky Guys playlist on my YouTube channel. Check that out there as well. So follow me on Twitter, MPhillips331. That's M P H I L I P S. 331. It's a big podcast. We've got three podcasts this week, so this is the first. Coming up next on the podcast, we're going to get you ready for the NHL season. Pete Consort will be back. We'll talk all the locals, talk some big picture storylines and more. Until then, have a good week, everybody. This has been the Just End the Suffering Podcast. I'm out.